Welcome to the Connected Caroline Show, where each week we talk to founders, entrepreneurs, influencers, authors, and people just like you. And we all believe that mission and money can coexist, and purpose inspires profit. Let's get started. Welcome to the Connected Caroline Show. Today's episode, I have a very special guest. His name is Mark Eckhart, and he is the fearless leader of the Common Community, which is a uh, creative accelerator for social entrepreneurs who are building responsible brands and products. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Thanks, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to have a super fun conversation with you, and I have no idea where it's going to go, but I can't wait. That's the whole point. So I, I have to add that Mark is also a Zen Buddhist priest, and I have to read this so I get it exactly right for the people who are watching on YouTube, dedicated to transforming the nature of capitalism through social and environmental entrepreneurs. I love that. It all weaves in together with what you do all day long. And you are also, you come from uh, the entertainment industry where you worked with big brands and you were are a musician and producer, and you worked with Whitney Houston, Bonnie Raitt, and Ben Harper, to name a few. So you've had quite, uh, you have quite a resume. You've had quite the uh, uh, experience to bring to Common and to all of the social entrepreneurs that you are helping to guide. So let's dive in and what brought you to Common in the first place. Oh my gosh, it's actually a great story. I was working for a boutique consultancy in Los Angeles in 2010, and we just happened to land as clients, Alex Pogusky and Ram Shuham. And for those of you who don't know who Alex Pogusky is, he's considered to be the Steve Jobs of advertising. And Rob Shuham is uh, an equal kind of incredible force and brilliant mind and communicator, marketer, creative, et cetera, et cetera. And as they came in to work with my firm at the time, I just was lucky enough to be selected to lead them through the strategic process that resulted in common. So upon my first meeting, both of those guys, I was thrust into a room for five days to have incredible conversation and to explore their minds and their hearts and their souls to figure out what they wanted to do and what they wanted to create and put out in the world that would make a difference. And the result of that process was and is common. And how long has Common been in, in existence? We officially launched in January of 2011. A long time. We've been around a long time. And it's a global community. And mm-hmm. um, you, you have shepherded and helped people um, realize their dreams and their passions for, what is that, 11 years now. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. In fact, I just interviewed one of our Common friends, Carrie David. So uh, look up the Carrie David podcast and uh, she does reference, we reference common in our discussion together as well, because it is so um, valuable to those of us who are in it and I am in common. And um, so let's talk about what, what things matter to you most now that you've been in 11 years in common and seen it evolved. And what's the most important thing for you right now in today's world? after working in common for 11 years and building businesses, relationships, and um, social entrepreneur companies with with, uh, lots and lots of different people? Yeah, Uh, I think the best way to answer the question is just to establish a little context. um, And then I'll go from there. So I'll do it really quickly. I really believe that 
the dynamics that we are living through, i.e. a global pandemic, um, massive breakdown in terms of geopolitics, breakdowns of supply chain, economic disparity, all, all the stuff that has created so much chaos uh, and confusion in the world is reflective of a, a period of transition that we're in. So everything that I'm focused on and passionate about currently has to do with what I'm referring to as this time in between worlds. Um, and I believe that we've had a few conversations about that within the, the community. And so what do I mean by that? I just think we're in this really interesting and turbulent um, and uncertain period of transition, and it could extend for up to 40 years, plus or minus for the experts. And I just think that as a guy who's 52 years old, that that context and that framing is really interesting because it allows me to focus everything that I do and allows me to line everything that I have and have access to, to really serve this transition and to do whatever I can to contribute arriving at its end uh, in, in a positive fashion and manner and place. And so I'm, everything is being evaluated against that and um, according to that. And, you know, I'm even toying with tossing away just the, the, the typical attachments and associations um, and structures that we refer to and use in business, like entrepreneurship, maybe that's a construct that needs to go away and give rise to something else that's more aligned and more suited for where we're in and, what, and where we are and what the kind of work we need to do. So everything's up for grabs, but it's all grounded and focused in and inspired by this notion of being in this period of transition or this period in between worlds. Thank you for that. So do you draw on your Zen, Buddh Zen Buddhism all day long um, when yeah, you're working with entrepreneurs and probably coaching them and helping them uh, bridge the gap between just pure profit and, um, and you know, bigger picture. And, and yeah. what you were saying, things are changing, you know, and, and it's a wide open field of what business can look like in the future, right? Wide so, open field. Mm -hmm. wide now, open. does that feel scary to uh, some of the people that you are working with? You know, that they come in with one idea of what social entrepreneurism looks like. And then when you work with them, um, you know, maybe it, it, you know, it takes a different track and, and I guess it's all part of growing. So part of your job, I suppose, is, is being a uh, counselor, coach, and business coach, you know, a, like a, a coach of all levels, body, mind, and spirit, and business. Yes? Yes, yes. <laughs> and to answer the first part of that question, I absolutely draw on my Zen training as a, pri a priest every day, every moment. In fact, I ended up in capitalism because I made a conscious choice to leave formal Zen training um, because I just found that that world, at least at that time in my life, felt a little small. And I was finding and experiencing that it was really hard to translate this really powerful 2000 year tradition in a Western context um, and out in kind of in, in the everyday world. And so I chose capitalism as the context in the space that I would try to fulfill in my vows to end suffering. So it's absolutely informing, informing me at every moment and at every step. And depending on the individual, we'll really lean into that. I mean, I don't go full on Buddhist on folks, but I'm certainly bringing principles forward that are relevant to where people are and what they're navigating with and trying to, trying to understand. 
and um, person, place, time, and amount. Um, so we dial it up, we dial it down, but it's all about supporting people and really kind of just staying connected to their innate capability and talent and creativity and helping them understand the process of putting structure and form to the things that they're wanting to do out in the world. Yeah, you just sort of answered my next question, which was what are some key things that each one of the listeners who is a, so, who considers themselves a social entrepreneur, what they can do in their everyday life to, um, you know, have their North Star be the, you know, the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an important question. Um, I have always believed that personal development and growth, it should be the priority and it should be something that you never stop doing. Uh, entrepreneurship is about relationships. Um, effectiveness is about relationships. And we use tools and technologies to support and supplement and enhance relationships. So fundamentally, you're struggling in relationship to yourself and with yourself, and that's bleeding out into your relationships with other people and the rest of the world, then, then you have an issue. So I always say, don't take your foot all the way off the gas of personal development, prioritize it. In fact, I'm at a point in my work um, where I don't take meetings before noon. The front half of my day is always spent um, in some form of personal development or creative thought process or in relationship with people. I, I don't, but I don't, I don't dive into kind of like the nitty gritty of business. Tactical things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until the latter portion of the day. Isn't, isn't there, I know what the book, I can't name the book, but I know you've read a lot of those books that they've proven that that is the way you should structure your day is to do the creative things in the morning when your brain is the most awake, I guess, and then have meetings in the afternoon where, you know, get those Absolutely. things done. And, but to your point of uh, you do personal development as well. And I talk about that on a few of my podcasts with Sherry Salata, who has a personal development um, organization company. Um, and even Dr. Anna Kabeca, which are all podcasts you can check in. Uh, listeners can go back and listen to that um, talk about those esteemable practices or whatever you consider your, you know, the things that uh, center you for the day. So that's super important. And a lot of people meditate in the morning. You know, a lot of people, yeah. uh, Dr. Quebec doesn't reads the morning devotional. She's, you know, so everybody for their own, whatever their thing is that gets them centered is, is truly important to being an effective leader. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we can elevate that to kind of a ritual. You need a ritual. That's really the word ritual. Mm -hmm. to, to enter your day. Um, if, if you're just kind of dropping into gear and reacting to what's right in front of you, then, then you miss out and you're not going to be working and functioning optimally. So it's important. Well, Mark, I have to cop that I did not do my morning ritual today and I'm a little <laughs> off. That's why it took me 20 we can't times. Always, we, you know, no judgment there. We can't always <laughs> do it. Sometimes life happens and there's needs. Yes, exactly. As a parent. So um, let's just change gears just to some personal stuff. So you've recently moved to Europe from Los mm -hmm. Angeles. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Tell me, tell the listeners. Um, you know, what, what's that transition been like for you and um, your family? So I'm now based in Denmark and I, we are very, very fortunate. The transition has been smooth. There have been no bumps. There have been no hiccups. 
And the family is much better off in terms of just our connectedness, our overall health and ability to function in harmony and, and as a family. My two daughters are thriving uh, in ways that they hadn't or might not have been able to in Los Angeles. For example, we lived in Encino. Um, and just because you never knew, never knew what could go down in Los Angeles, my daughters were never allowed out on the street without adult supervision. In, in Denmark, they're taking the bus to school, from school. Uh, they have a lot more freedom and autonomy because the society is just very different than that of Los Angeles, at least. And we've had some discussions about the racism differences between the United States and, and Denmark specifically, but yeah. I don't know, all of Europe. Um, talk a little bit about that. Well, Denmark isn't perfect. There is racism here. It is more aimed at uh, people who are coming from other countries that are not considered Western countries. There's a lot of bias and racism towards Muslims, and it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I think the government, uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but I, I just think that the cultures are so different. Um, the levels of education, the, the lifestyles are so different. And on top of that, you know, Denmark is a small, tiny, homogenous, you know, country. And, and that just makes for the conditions for a lot of misunderstanding and fear and even resentment. Add in the fact that the, the Danish system is, is very robust in, in the resources that it has to take care of people and to take care of the system and society as a whole. And unfortunately, there has been exploitation of that over the years and decades. So there's a tension. And if you also factor in kind of the rise of you know, the alt-right and all that kind of stuff right now, you're starting to see and hear signs of that taking hold in, in, in much lesser degree. And I have to emphasize that. But it's, it, you, hear, you hear kind of the rhetoric and the dog whistling from some of the politicians here, you know, and just kind of praying that, you know, what is in place, the structures in place, the values and the belief systems are strong enough to prevent that from kind of seeping into the middle and taking hold overall. But compared to your experience, living in Los Angeles, uh, personally as well, um, it's been a great move for you, yeah. It's, it's been a huge move. Um, I mean, in, in the United States and in Los Angeles even, I had my life friend, <laughs> once by a, a police officer who was employed at the, the airport, LAX, years ago. And then, you know, under the Trump administration, I had people in my neighborhood threaten to kill me and chase me and stalk me and things like that. I mean, I could, I've got a very long list and I'm very involved in a project called One Million Truths. That is about my experience. It originated from my experience as a black American male in America. Um, and it's an invitation to the entire country to come in and have a really honest dialogue and to share personal experiences with that particular dynamic in its history but to do so in very different ways. Um, but the contrast between what I experience here on a day-to-day -day basis versus when I was living in the US, there's just no comparison. I have not had any issues. There has not been one incidence of racism or bias outwardly that I've picked up. I, I'm, I'm happy for you. And it's sad that our country has gotten, you know, that you're not safe in your own community. How can people uh, watching and listening find out more about One Million Truths? or get involved oh. or, you know, that kind you of You can just go uh, zip over to 1milliontruths.com. So all those words are spelled out. 
We are not officially launched. So what you'll find there is our beta website, but we're rapidly approaching the time and the moment where we have all the things, all our ducks in a row to give it a go and to fully launch. And so that should hopefully happen in quarter three or quarter four of, of this year. We're really excited. Which is 2022. Yep. I hope that, I hope 1 million truths is everything that you envision and dream for it because the world needs it, definitely. Um, with regards to Common, because a lot of the listeners are social entrepreneurs or want to be, um, how do they get involved with Common? There's a number of ways. Um, if you're interested in being um, part of our community, joining the community, you just simply go to the website, you can apply there. Um, we have a conversation with you. And if we think it's a good fit, you think it's a good fit, we onboard you. And then that opens up the possibility of connecting with other community members through Slack, um, you know, doing one-on-one -on -one advisory work with myself or members of the team, uh, standing up new collaborations with uh, community members who are complimentary and do things that, you know, you, you need them to do on your behalf and in, in, in collaboration and in relationship. Um, there's a number of ways, you know, training, education. Uh, we've been a little light during the pandemic and some of our kind of outward facing programming, but we'll be bringing that online pretty soon too. Yeah, I have to say personally from Common, just for anybody listening or watching, um, you know, I've had websites built by Common members. I mean, you really, it's, it's an incredible network, a global network of, yeah. um, of people that want to, it's what my tag is, passion inspires profit. They want to you know, have a viable business, but also do it the right way with doing the right thing and for the right reasons and not destroy the planet. So yeah. um, I, I'm so grateful to be a part of Common and, and the fact that it exists. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a wonderful organization. Um, so what's next? Okay, now 1 million truths is really sort of what's next for Mark personally, because um, that's outside of the Common umbrella correct uh yes and no Florida. it's 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 being worked on by common members which is fantastic okay. so diana bari is all over that thing mm -hmm. um media monks uh has been incredibly supportive and deeply involved we've got leslie freeman and donya scott who've been involved and many other folks who just kind of brought their passion and desire to do something on the issue of racism and i'm deeply grateful for it wonderful wonderful well, wrapping up, Mark, um, anything else you want my listeners to know about social entrepreneurship and, you know, maybe a couple things they can do to maybe some resources they can look into to help them, you know, guide them in, in their path? Sure. Um, I would invite you, to, everybody to kind of take on my framing that we're in a time in between worlds and see what that does to really focus you and energize you. Like your efforts, your talents, your gifts, your brilliance is absolutely needed. And that's not me being dystopian. Um, we just, we're in a really sensitive, uh, vulnerable time and we need the best to bring the best of ourselves to the work that needs to be done. I can encourage you enough, um, your listeners enough to find a coach, to find somebody, a mentor, somebody more than an advisor who's just gonna advise you on business, you know, find somebody that you can form a deep relationship with that will allow you and support you in exploring your internal landscape and, and constructs. Uh, it is really all about knowing yourself. Um, and the more you know yourself, the more effective you can be in serving others and being impactful in the world. 
there are so many resources out there. You can find tons of great stuff with just a simple Google search. We all know that. But I would, I, there's one organization I would point people to, it would be to the Consilience Project. And it's a nonprofit. So I think it's consilienceproject.org. It's a, an organization that was founded by Daniel Schmachtenberger, who's just brilliant. He's a strategist, he's a futurist, he's a, a scientist, a mathematician. I mean, the guy is just brilliant as is everybody in that network, in, in that collective. And they are doing the hard work of helping everybody understand the dynamics that we're affected by and impacted by moment to moment right now. And so there's a large frame and a concept that they, that they really kind of ground their work in, which is metacrisis. And I think if you're building a business, if you're seeking, or if you're currently stewarding a social enterprise, that you really need to understand the environment to the degree that that's capable or you're able to. Um, and metacrisis is the thing that if you can begin to unlock it in your mind, you will be significantly empowered to do even better work. And your work will be more accurate and more on point for what we need at this point in time. So check out the Consilience Project. Well, Mark Eckhart, thank you so much. <laughs> I had a little trouble saying Mark's last name in the beginning. We had thank a good you. Laugh. So, so much for uh, being on the Connected Caroline show. And um, I truly value your wisdom and your guidance uh, and everything about you. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. I'm honored that you asked me to be on the show. So thank you very much. And I, I'm just touched that you're part of the community and I really value you as a member of the community because you certainly make a difference. Every time you show up and we have an opportunity just to spend time with you and interact with you, we're all better for it. So thank you. Ah, thank you. That's that's common, everybody. So I recommend that you check it out. Uh, what's the website, Mark? Common.is. So the word common.is. Okay. Check it out and see, see if it's something that you'd like to, to join. Um, thanks again, Mark. And uh, I'll see you, see you next time. I know. Be well. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening and watching the Connected Care Nine show. Make it a giving day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connected Caroline show. If you're gaining value from these conversations, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and watch the video of this interview on YouTube, all at Connected Caroline. For more tools, resources, and the latest news, and to subscribe, please visit us at our website, connectedcaroline.com.